We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com live postgame show slash podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. Solo show tonight. Just me, but it's never really just me. It's me and all of you. We just watched the Lakers fall to the Utah Jazz over on the Lakers Nation live stream on playback. It's great getting to watch the game with everybody to come together as a fan base and support the Lakers. But again, unfortunately, they do not get the win in the end, falling 130 to 116. We'll talk a lot about this game. We'll talk about what happened. There's a few reasons why the result wound up the way that it did. I think this was an avoidable loss for the Lakers. This was very much a winnable game for them, particularly given the way the Lakers actually shot the ball on the offensive end. But they wind up on the short end for a couple of really big reasons that we're going to get into. Uh, if you're joining me from YouTube, from Twitter, from Facebook, welcome in. We're going to talk through everything Throughout the show and if you're listening to the audio version over on apple podcast spotify wherever it is that you listen to podcasts thank you guys for listening over there make sure you are following along on those platforms and giving us that rating and review all right let's get into some stats to kick some things off i know there's a lot of people that are frustrated with this one but here's what we saw on the night anthony davis 22 points eight boards two blocks 9 of 17 shooting. Frankly, that's not enough out of AD, especially when he had 20 points at halftime. Only two points in the second half. Part of that was the Lakers not getting him involved enough in the second half, but eight boards out of AD is what I'm even more concerned with because the rebounding was such a problem for the Lakers tonight. LeBron, 11 boards, 8 assists, 17 points, but 7 for 19 shooting and 0 of 5 from 3. LeBron, uh, this was, if you're watching the game, this was not a great LeBron performance in, in any way. Uh, Troy Brown Jr., who was big for the Lakers on the boards in their last game against the Pelicans. Only two rebounds in this one. 12 points for him, 22 minutes, 4 of 10 shooting. Patrick Beverly, 5 points, 5 boards. Lonnie Walker, 17. 17 for Lonnie Walker, and that was after dropping 28 in the Lakers' prior outing. Um, actually led the team in scoring against the Pelicans, 28 for Lonnie, and that one just 17 in this one. But he didn't play poorly, but again, only one rebound. The rebounding was really a big problem for the Lakers in this game. 28 points for Russell Westbrook. My goodness. The, the, the man has been unleashed, apparently, coming off the bench for Darvin Ham 
because 28 points, six assists, two steals, seven of seven from the free throw line, three of five from three. Three of five from three from Russell Westbrook. Oh my goodness. And nine of 14 shooting. This was a fantastic, fantastic performance by Russell Westbrook. You'd love to see it. Um, unfortunate, again, that the Lakers didn't get a win. Really, if you look at their offense, they should have won this game, but they lost for a few reasons, which I'll get into. Here's how crazy this is. How good Russ was. Russell Westbrook was getting MVP chance at Crypto.com Arena. This is the same place that just a few weeks ago, when Russell Westbrook would go to shoot the ball, people would gasp or yell no, and Russ was getting MVP chance. In three games... He has won over the L.A. crowd. And this is what we were saying, though, that if Russ found a way to win over the L.A. crowd, a la Dwight Howard, they will get behind you. They will fall in love with you very, very quickly. And seeing Russell Westbrook with the L.A. crowd behind him, oh, it's a thing of beauty. This is absolutely fantastic, and I can't sing his praises enough for what we saw out of Russ tonight. But Let's get into some of the questions and comments that are coming in, because I'm sure that's going to get us into some of the other topics that I need to discuss about what happened in this game and kind of help break everything down here. So let's get into some of your questions and comments that are coming in from YouTube, from Twitter, from Facebook, all over the place. Jonathan T, for four nights straight now, Russ has cooked. Yeah, Russell Westbrook, again, was absolutely fantastic. Loved seeing that out of him. He was tremendous in this game, flying up and down the floor, pushing the pace, scoring the basketball. He was even hitting threes. He was he was really the engine for the Lakers in this game, and uh, he was a big part of why they got to within two a couple of times. We kept keeping it close. Looked like they might come back and actually win it, and then things really fell apart for the Lakers in the fourth quarter. But Russell Westbrook was fantastic. He was excellent. They were this game would not have been anywhere near as close if Russell Westbrook was not with the Lakers for this one. Uh, Any updates on trades for Lakers? Somebody asked, you know, they're still kind of in wait and see mode and you can kind of understand why. I mean, the first few games of the season, we were talking about, can the Lakers really wait? And based on the way the team was playing, we were saying, no, they they probably can't. They need to make moves sooner rather than later. But now we're seeing this resurgence from, from Russ last four games. He's been really good. And now if you're the Lakers, what, what is the move to make? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we would have said clearly the move is to trade Russell Westbrook. Well, if you watch tonight's game, trading Russ wouldn't have helped you to win this. It would have hurt you. So what is the move that you make? And so if you're the Lakers, I think you've got to let the dust settle a bit more um, before you go and decide to make a move. I do still think this team needs more three-point shooting. The three ball was not a problem for the Lakers tonight. The Lakers actually shot 42% from three. And this is why really this should have been a win for the Lakers. They shot well enough in this game to win, no question. 42% from three, 48% from the field, and 89% from the free throw line. Their shooting was excellent. It was other things that really caused them to not win this game. In fact, I'll just get into it here. Um, The reason why we didn't see the Lakers win this game, it really comes down to two things. comes down to Utah shooting unsustainably well. They shot 50% from the field, 43% from three, and they were hitting everything. Everything that they were putting up felt like was going in at the end. Mike Conley just flips up a three. It goes in, flipped up another shot, got an and one. Everything all night long was dropping for Utah. And sometimes that happens in the NBA. You run into a team that is just red hot and can't miss. And that's just the way it goes. And look, the Lakers have been a good defensive team. I thought their defense let them down, especially in the first half on some Lowry marketing curls and things like that, where they just weren't as sharp as they needed to be. 
and Utah took advantage. Um, but it wasn't just Utah being red hot. That was certainly part of it, and that was what sustained the Jazz through the first half. But the big problem for the Lakers was the offensive rebounds. You gave up 14 offensive boards. So the reason why that's such a big problem is when you have a team like the Jazz that's shooting, I mean, insanely well, right? They were above 60% from the field for most of the game. When you've got a team that is, again, unsustainably hot from the field, when they do miss, you have to secure that rebound. To give up 14 offensive rebounds in a game where your opponent is shooting 50% from the field, that is way, 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 way too many. The Lakers would fight and they would battle and they would get a stop. They would get a miss anyway, and they couldn't get the stop because they would not secure the rebound. So this was a big problem. You were giving a team that was red hot shooting anyway, extra shooting opportunities. In fact, on the night, the Jazz shot the ball 20 times more than the Lakers. Now, the Lakers had way more free throw attempts. They were attacking the basket more, getting to the line more. The Lakers made up for some of that in free throw attempts. So that's part of the reason why there's such a big discrepancy in shot attempts because some Lakers possessions were ending instead of in shots, they were ending in free throws. So that matters when we're looking at this calculation. But still, the Jazz, their offensive rebounding was what really hurt the Lakers in this game. And it's particularly deflating when you've got a team that's shooting that well, you finally get the stop and you can't secure the board. So that was a big problem for the Lakers in this one. Let's see what else we've got here coming in. Uh, Big Meech, why did Ham not at least try Wenyan and AD and Damian off the bench? So going with two bigs, their big men were destroying us in the paint and on the boards. Yeah, I do wonder if that's something that Darwin will consider going back and rewatching this game. That hasn't been something that he's gone to much. But it was pretty clear that the Lakers were getting beaten up on the boards. Now, this this Utah team isn't particularly big at the center position. Like, Walker Kessler's got size to him, no question. But their starting center, like Kelly Olenek, I was saying before the game that you need to, when Kelly Olenek is the center, you've got to attack the basket. Um, you've got to go at him because he's not a major shot blocker or anything like that. But across the lineup, there's a decent amount of size there. When you've got Lowry Market and you've got Jared Vanderbilt, you've got Kelly Olenek, like, those are all above average guys in terms of in terms of height. You don't have that seven foot one guy in there, but at the four, at the three, you've got some size there. And that presented some problems for the Lakers, particularly on the glass. And then you had Walker Kessler coming in off the bench. And so when you could see that size disadvantage really starting to become a problem, I do wonder if in the future moving forward, we'll see Darvin Ham be a little bit more open to going Wenyan Gabriel alongside AD instead of just Wenyan in there to spell AD for a few bench minutes. This is also where, if you're looking at a trade, I've been saying this for a bit now, the more I'm seeing this team, yes, three-point shooting is a need, but I think another big is also a need. Because look, in this scenario, Damian Jones still can't get on the floor, right? Like Wendy and Gabriel has clearly leapfrogged Damian Jones, and he's become the team's backup center right now. Maybe Thomas Bryant changes that equation, but in a game where you're getting crushed on the glass, Damian Jones still can't get in I mean, that just tells you a lot about where he is in the pecking order and makes you think maybe they need another big. Like this game, and we're not saying everything plays out exactly the same. We're not saying just throw in another big and everything's fine. But if you had Yaka Pertle, who's a good rebounder, Miles Turner's not a good rebounder for a big, but still he gives you more size in there. If you had one of those guys, that changes the dynamic. But then the question becomes, how do you get those players, right? Like you're not close in this game if you don't have Russell Westbrook too. So how do you balance that? That's going to be the question for the Lakers front office and Rob Palenka. 
<laughs> Thomas Crown. Braun is the new Westbrook. This was not a good performance for LeBron James by any stretch of the imagination. This is two poor performances in a row. Again, I wrote off last game for LeBron because he explained after the game that he was in bed sick the entire week. Every As, as soon as the Denver game ended, he said he was in bed and basically didn't get out of bed for three days and then tried to play against the Pelicans, was not good, and then was not good tonight. Just didn't quite have that lift, wasn't finishing at the rim. You look at the stat line, it's not terrible. You know, 17 points, 11 boards, 8 assists, that's not bad. But 7 for 19 shooting, 0 of 5 from 3, that's not nearly efficient enough out of LeBron James on this team. So I don't know if this is the illness lingering or what, but this was not a good night for uh, for LeBron. And this is two rough nights and his foot's been bugging him too. So again, I'm not, I, you're going to get a lot of people running around throwing out hot takes and saying, well, this is LeBron. This is just who he is now. He's washed. He's old or, or whatever. This is two games where we've seen him look like this and he's been sick. It's not like it's two games where he's looked like this and he's a hundred percent healthy and he's feeling great. And he just doesn't have it anymore. This is two games where he's been sick and he's been dealing with an injury and so because we've got a long history of LeBron being much better from this than this, I'm not going to jump into hot take territory and just say, well, this is that's it. This is just what LeBron is now. I don't think it's fair to do that. LeBron historically has been much better than this, and I think better days do lay ahead. But this has been two rough games for him with some extenuating circumstances that we have to remember. All right, let's see what else we've got. Ace of hearts, tired of Darvin Ham sitting out stars to start quarters. We suck offensively. They need the most time possible to get into a rhythm. Braun's got to be better. Yeah, the rotation at the end of the quarter, the end of the third, um, beginning of the fourth, they, you just kind of get stuck into a tough rotation. And we saw it against the Pelicans. And then the problem is there's this rotation where it's LeBron and with there was a couple minutes of Russ that was in here instead of LeBron, but there were a few minutes towards the end of the third of Russ, Wenyon, JTA, Troy Brown, and there was somebody else out there with them. I want to say it was Pat, Patrick Beverly. And the problem with that group, and I could be wrong, but that's how I'm remembering. The problem with that group is they really have to get stops because none of those guys are great at creating offense on their own except for Russ in that scenario. And Russ, if you get a stop, Russ can fly down the floor and get something going for you. And that can kind of be your, your offense, right? you got to get stops. Maybe even you can run off of a made basket by your opponent because Russ is going to just blur down the floor. And then you can create stuff for those guys. But in the half court, on the offensive end, things are really going to slow down for you. Things are really going to be tough because none of those guys, aside from Russ in that, in that situation, can generate offense. And I think you actually make it an even bigger problem when you sub Russ out and you put in LeBron. And the reason for that is because LeBron wants to play in the half court. He can fast break, but you've seen it. LeBron slows the game down. He wants to execute in the half court, and that's how he plays right now. And so when you've got your star player, your guy that these other role players are playing around, when his default mode is going to be the half court offense and the rest of the players on the floor are not good in half court situations because they're not good shooters, they're not good shot creators on their own, yeah, LeBron can create a little bit for them in the half court and he can kind of make some things happen, but it's not as acceptable as a team that can really get out and run behind Russ in that scenario. And the Lakers got stuck in that rotation for a while. And we saw it again 
against the Pelicans in the previous game where they got stuck with LeBron wanting to play in the half court in a lineup that really is at its best if they can run because they're not really half court players. They're defensive guys. If they shot, if they all shot the three really well, this would be a different story, but that's not the case with that group. So that was the rotation. I thought that the Lakers got stuck in. And I think that's the one that you're referencing as far as sitting out stars to start quarters. It's a pretty bench heavy lineup. And in particular, it's a bench heavy lineup where when it's LeBron sound, surrounded by those guys, it's a little bit of a mismatch in terms of the fit. And so I would like to see that tweaked, that rotation tweaked. Uh, that's the end of the third, beginning of the fourth rotation. Hey, Chris said, need LeBron to get healthy. The offense is too stagnant with him in right now. And this Chris is, uh, I'm echoing what Chris was saying there because of the, uh, the previous topic here. AD needs more touches. Only having two points in the second half shouldn't happen. Agreed 100%. This was, I said going into the night, this was a game you needed 30-plus from AD because he's going up against Kelly Olenek, because he's going up against, uh, you know, like Walker Kessler is fine, but AD should be able to score on these guys, right? You needed a more involved Anthony Davis on the offensive end because that should have been an advantage for the Lakers. And not exploiting that more was a mistake, I believe. Uh, Matt Ryan needs more minutes, props to Russ. And what did get Matt Ryan get tonight in minutes? Matt Ryan... Off of that big game tying three, 10 minutes in this one, three rebounds. Uh, we saw JTA, Juan Toscano Anderson, get back into the mix, 14 minutes for him. And essentially what happened was JTA ate into the minutes of Matt Ryan and also ate into the minutes of Troy Brown Jr. JTA, 14 minutes, no shots, two of two at the free throw line, one block, uh, one rebound. Again, first game back after being injured, he's reintegrating himself into, into the rotation. I'm going to withhold you know, judgment on 14 minutes in his first game back. I'm not going to worry too much about what he did or didn't do out there. <laughs> Chris said, LeBron needs to get master locked. Well, we will get to the master lock of the night in just a bit. So hang in there. Hang in there. Um, let's get into, though, speaking of awards, let's get into the superstar of the night. Here we go. Superstar of the night. All right, there's no question. It's easy tonight. Easy, easy, easy. And it's partly easy because I thought the other guys weren't that good. AD was okay, but 22 points, eight boards. LeBron did not have a good night. Russell Westbrook was phenomenal. Again, got MVP chance at Crypto.com Arena. Absolutely amazing. 28 points for him, six assists. I mean, look, I don't know how long this is going to continue. I hope it keeps going because this is so much fun seeing Russ play at this level, seeing him get the crowd behind him. Who would have ever thought? I mean, a week and a half ago, people would have said, you're crazy if Russell Westbrook was, if you said Russ is going to get MVP chance at Crypto.com Arena. Yet here we are. I love it. This is phenomenal. And I hope this continues. I can tell you, I can say this. If Russ keeps doing, if Russ keeps playing the way he's played the last four games, he's a lock for the sixth man. Like you, there's no chance you can give that give that to anyone else if Russ keeps performing at this level off the bench for the Lakers. He has been absolutely phenomenal, and tonight was, I believe, his best game of the season. It's a shame the Lakers didn't win this one because Russ certainly played at an extremely high level, and they really should have walked away with a W in that kind of a performance from Russ. Um, again, it was there for them. Little things had to be cleaned up. By the way, another thing we need to discuss that, that was a problem for the Lakers, they've been really good at forcing turnovers. The Jazz only turned the ball over seven times. And that's a problem when you're an, when your offense 
thrives off of turnovers and getting out and running, the Jazz taking care of the ball and only turning it over seven times. The Lakers only turned it over 11 times, so it was a pretty clean game in that regard. But the Lakers have to force more turnovers. You probably need double that. You probably need 14 turnovers. That would have changed the, this game considerably, but the Lakers weren't, their defense wasn't able to get enough live ball turnovers or turnovers, period, from this Jazz team. So that was another problem in addition to the rebounding from the Lakers in this one. All right, let's see what else we've got here coming in. I am a bit behind here in the chat, which does tend to happen. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh. Jabil said, second chance points destroyed the Lakers. Absolutely. It was that rebounding that was a big, big problem. Uh, first time coach had to empty the bench. We're good. Yeah, I mean, at the first time that it was garbage time minutes at the end of the game. And uh, yeah, that was, you know, you saw Max Christie get in. You saw uh, Kendrick Nunn made an appearance, right? Kendrick Nunn got in at the end of the game. Damian Jones got in. All of these guys um, made it into the game late because it was it was over. Uh, Jerome said, if we get 80%, Russ, what playoff seed? I don't know. Like Something that was brought up on the broadcast is that the Lakers, now here the, here the Lakers are, eight games into the season, they still have not played an, a below 500 team. Eight games into the season, and they haven't sniffed a below 500 team. Like That's, that's pretty unbelievable when you look at the schedule and how difficult it's been. So we have to factor that in at some point, you're going to be getting some easier games, some easier opponents. Um, what playoff seat? I don't know, right? We kind of have to let everything play out. I have to say that with Russ playing at this level, they should be in the playoff mix. They should be again. They had opportunities to win against the Clippers. They had opportunities to win against the Blazers. Thought they had a chance to win this game tonight. Just you ran into a Jazz team that was red hot, and the, the Lakers made mistakes. Don't get me wrong; the Lakers did some things that cost them this game. But they've had games where they've been right there, and really they could have won with a tweak or two. Particularly if you're able to make some sort of a trade, depending on who's going out. This Lakers team could be definitely in the mix here, and if you continue to get this out of Russ, yeah, they should definitely be a playoff game. Um, let me see what else we've got coming in here. I'm getting a lot of people in the chat that are saying LeBron's just old. Again, I, I think it's too early to jump to that conclusion. Mamba mentality. 
said, Lakers got a taste of what I like to call the Emi Odoka offense. Jazz run the same thing. Defense can't defend what keeps moving. We also saw a good mix of defense of what a good mix of defense and shooting can do. Lakers can have a team like that make the trade. The question is, what's the trade, right? What are you trading Russ after this game? I don't know. Some people might say, yeah, you trade him now, sell high or whatever. Like if you're the Lakers, do you want to give up any picks to trade away Russ after what he just did? Probably not. So it depends on what the trade is, but I think that it does. The shooting wasn't the problem in this game, but big picture, you can see where this Lakers team, their ceiling is going to be capped by their shooting, perhaps by their lack of size, by the rebounding. Those were the things that really went against them in this game. And that was an issue for them tonight, was not being able to hit, uh, to get those big plays on the glass. That was a big problem for them. And then not being able to force the turnovers. Uh, They shot well enough. So it's not like I'm looking at this game thinking, man, they're a shooter away from getting it done. They shot just fine. They're 43% from three. That's fantastic. You'll take that from this team. In fact, I'll say if the Lakers are shooting 43% from three consistently, they're winning a lot. They're winning most nights. Their defense has been good enough to win. Tonight, it was not. Tonight, it definitely was not. Uh, In fact, Brandon says, Brandon Best says LeBron was getting cooked on the defensive end. I was not a fan of LeBron's defense on Lowry Markinen at all. He was not giving Markinen nearly enough respect. LeBron was not staying glued to him, was not um, just, he wasn't tailing him enough. He wasn't locked in there. He was giving Markinen space to shoot the three. And then when Markinen drived, I thought LeBron wasn't quick enough to stay in front of him. And then on the little curls, LeBron was just disengaged and wasn't staying. Again, he's sick. He's been dealing with an injury. So I, I know these things are a factor, but LeBron was getting absolutely torched by Markinen because he was not playing defense at the level that he typically does. We didn't see him putting a lot of pressure on Markinen in this one. And that was a big problem for the Lakers tonight. So look, I agree. LeBron was not good on the defensive end. Markinen was absolutely torching him and it was frustrating to watch. It was, it was difficult to watch in this one. Uh, Jess says no offensive off the ball movement, no need no player movement on offense, no rebounding. LeBron, lazy defense. Use Westbrook and Matty Ice more. I mean, Westbrook played a pretty decent amount in this game. You got 29 minutes out of him. He plays at 100 miles an hour the entire time. So can he really play 40 minutes at this pace, even 35 minutes? I don't know. Maybe he can. But yeah, look, Matt Ryan hit a three in this game. He was one for four. Maybe you could say he should have played a little bit more, but it wasn't the three-point shooting that was the Lakers undoing. Again, they shot 42% from three on the night. So what Matt Ryan brings, they were already getting, which was the three-point shooting. What they needed was rebounding, and they needed players that were going to force some turnovers and defend at a high level, and they didn't get those things. And I think that's why Darvin Ham specifically was going to JTA, because those are more Juan Toscano-Anderson things, and that's clearly what the Lakers were lacking tonight. Did not work out, though. Uh, Jamail said, I'm not upset. The Jazz hit an insane amount of tough shots. The rim was wider. Also, Braun has to accept when he's unhealthy and stop forcing things. There is that element to it, right? Where LeBron just, he's always been able to overcome whatever it is, right? If something's not clicking, he just figures out a way and powers through because he's LeBron. And at some point, you do have to start recognizing your limitations, when those limitations start to pop up, father time, sickness, whatever, injury. But he's always been able to overcome these things. 
And so, yes, you're right that maybe there was a point where LeBron, it should have clicked like, hey, I don't have it tonight. Let's look for other stuff. Let's move the ball more, not settle for jumpers. Let's let some other guys do some of the heavy lifting here. But he's got he's lived his whole life being able to just power through whatever he needs to. And so I understand why that's difficult for LeBron to tell himself, okay, I probably need to take a little bit of a step back tonight. He didn't do that. And again, historically, it's worked for him to just power through whatever obstacle is in front of him, and he manages to do it. Esham said, Patrick Beverly is not as effective without a dominant guard next to him. He managed to feast off attention on Kawhi, Paul George, Ant-Man, D'Angelo Russell, but in L.A., it's just him. Yeah, I mean, right now, you're starting... Well, you're starting him and and Lonnie Walker are your two guards. It's Patrick Beverly and Lonnie Walker right now are the starters. And Lonnie's been good. Don't get me wrong. Lonnie's been good. But he's not the same kind of attention getter as any of the players that you named, really. As Kawhi, certainly. As, as Anthony Edwards, right? Like, Lonnie's been good. But Lonnie is that guy that also thrives when everybody is paying attention to someone else. Lonnie is the guy where he can be your, your third scorer and he puts up 15 to 20 points because, oh no, the defense rotated and the ball got to Lonnie because everybody was paying attention to AD and Lonnie gets a drive to the rim or Lonnie gets an open three or or whatever. He's not going to create the offense on his own, whereas Pat maybe is going to be at his best playing against guys who really can create on their own. So I think it's a fair point and maybe something you fix via trade. Maybe you do just switch up the starting lineup. There's different ways that you can approach that. Big Meech, of course, Utah got red hot when they're constantly getting open layups, dunks, and shots. Well, part of that was the Lakers' attention to detail and defensive end of the floor I thought was not good. Um, Some of their open looks came off of offensive rebounds. So that got them kind of, the Lakers got put into a scramble situation and that gave them open looks. But in general, yeah, the Lakers' defense was not good enough. We knew going into the night that Utah likes to run five guys who can all shoot, right? Alenic can shoot. Markinen can shoot. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, eh, he could occasionally shoot a jumper, but they like to stretch you out that way and then try to make use of that space. So Jordan Clarkson's going to drive into the paint. You're going to have Mike Conley's going to do the same. Uh, Colin Sexton could not miss tonight. He's going to drive and shoot those jumpers over you. So that's what they're trying to do. And the Lakers defense just was not quite on the ball enough. You knew they were going to be put, put to the test tonight and they didn't, they didn't rise to that challenge. The defense didn't. And the defense has been good over the course of the season so far. It's been what's kept them in a lot of games. But tonight, it was not up to the task. And that that's certainly disappointing. Certainly disappointing because the defense has been so good. For tonight, it the problem be the defense, really, and the rebounding and the shooting be good. That's why I think you really let one slip away here. You let one slip away because if your defense showed up tonight and if your defense has been able to get some stops, get a few more turnovers, you shot the ball well enough to win this game. Shot it well enough to win this game, and it just didn't happen. Again, unfortunate. This was a very, very winnable night for the Lakers. Did not go that way. All right, let's get into our next uh, award. Let's do the Star in Your Role Award. Star in Your Role. Okay, so Star in Your Role. Which of the Lakers' supporting cast was the best on the night. We've got some candidates here. Lonnie Walker, 17 points, 6 of 12 shooting, 2 of 3 from 3. Had a couple of really fun hammer dunks in transition. I thought Wenyan Gabriel did a few good things out there. Only played 
11 minutes, but had four boards for you. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. had 12, but it was kind of a quiet 12, but was two of six from three. And frankly, that's probably about it for the Lakers. You didn't get that super big performance out of any of the extra guys, any of the other guys that are on this team. So I think I got to go with Lonnie Walker on this one because he had 17 points, because he was able to make some shots for the Lakers, was able to get out in transition. I like some of the things he was doing defensively, not everything, but overall I thought Lonnie Walker gave them a bit of that offensive punch that they needed. But this felt like kind of one of the early games in the season where if it wasn't Russ, if it wasn't LeBron, if it wasn't AD, you didn't really have anybody else have an extraordinarily good game. You know, Troy Brown Jr., all right, 12, but only two rebounds when you really needed help on the glass. Lonnie had 17, but only one rebound. You know, it wasn't even a great game from him. He's just kind of getting it by default here, I guess. And Juan Toscano Anderson, you know, came off the bench. Austin Reeves was fine. Two blocks, five points, three assists, one steal. Certainly a more well-rounded game tonight, I think, from Austin Reeves. Austin had one of the best plays of the night when he read an entry pass to, uh, to Walker Kessler read it perfectly, came over, tipped the ball away, turned into a LeBron fast break, hit uh, Reeves. Reeves hit it right back to LeBron for the dunk. It was beautiful. Probably the best play of any of the other players. So Reeves probably should get an honorable mention there and probably somebody that I should have had in the initial running there. But again, nobody really, really stepped up and was exceptional in this game. Not like we've seen in the previous games where the Lakers won. So that was also an issue where none of the other guys really had a big performance for LA in this one. And part of this is just, you know, credit to Utah. They fought hard. They were coming off a loss. Clearly they recognized that, Hey, the spotlight's going to be on us. We're playing the Lakers. They really stepped it up in this one. Kyle Roberts, man, we need more protection around the rim to prevent offensive rebounds. And we leave three point shooters wide open. I still think Turner is more helpful for this team. Shooting will be good enough. Yeah. I mean, Miles Turner certainly would have helped in the paint for this team. I don't, he doesn't solve every problem that you've got. He's not a great rebounder, but he'd be a difference maker in there for you. And I think Turner would help. He's not a great shooter either. He can occasionally knock in a three. You essentially need two things. You need threes and you probably need another big. And I don't know if you're going to be able to get those things in one trade. And you may be left having to decide what do we need more? What is it that we need more? Is it a center? Is it three point shooting? And then you go from there. And I think the bigger problem was the lack of a center, the lack of rebounding in this game. But that hasn't always been the case throughout the season. Jordan says, as a LeBron fan, it's completely disappointing seeing how horrible he has been the past two games. LeBron played anywhere near decent tonight and we win. Yeah, I, th I think that's true. If LeBron played at his normal level, then you probably win this game. Um, and I think that it's not even just, we tend to focus on the offensive end of the floor on, oh man, LeBron would have had 27 points and he would have had 11 rebounds or whatever, you know, 15 assists, I don't know, would have had a, a much better performance. Nine assists, be reasonable. But it was the defensive side of the ball that I really noticed that LeBron wasn't 100%. And that was with, when you've got Lowry Markinen, who's making LeBron look like he's standing still a number of times and LeBron's having, having trouble sticking with him, that's where you really noticed, okay, LeBron doesn't quite have it. And, it showed up on the offensive end as well. But if LeBron's 100% in this game, how many buckets does he give up? Like, Lowry Markin is still scoring. But 
is Lowry Markkinen going nine for 17 for 27 points and 12 boards? No. I think it's pretty easy to say no. He's not doing that if LeBron is 100%. LeBron's the primary defender on him. So I think that, yes, a healthy LeBron would have made a big impact on both ends of the floor, but they didn't get that tonight. You know, and they found a way to win against the Pelicans without having that. Could not get it done here against the Jazz without having a healthy uh, LeBron. Uh, big up, Lakers fan from the UK. Oh, welcome in. Welcome in from across the pond. Uh, the defense didn't come ready to play as six-man Russ shines from the bench. Two games in a, in a row, LeBron had a bad game. 0 for 12 from three in two games. Yeah, that's not great. Russ continues to impress. Yes, good, good summary there. Russ was fantastic. LeBron was not able to hit the threes. Uh, and the defense, I, I thought the defense at the beginning of the game was just not sharp, was not focused the way they needed to be. The Jazz got rolling, and then you couldn't slow down that momentum. There was the run in the third that the Lakers made. I thought, okay, here we go. The Lakers are going to pick it up in the fourth. Instead, the Jazz countered with a run of their own, and that was pretty much all she wrote when the Lakers just could not get anything sustained going because they couldn't get the stops that they needed or the rebounds they needed. Sean Tate says, Braun, the GOAT, because uh, but he's struggling as of late. Yeah, the last two games have not been good for LeBron at all. Mama Mentality said, I didn't like the fourth quarter starting lineup. I get Ham was trying what Ham was trying to do, but if you don't get the stops, you can't shoot, you fall behind. Yeah, it was definitely a gamble of a lineup in the fourth where you pretty much have to get stops. You, with that group that was on the floor, you have to get stops and you have to get out in transition because they're not going to be able to generate buckets very well in the half court. And so what's going to happen is if you don't get a stop and then you have to play half court, you're probably not scoring, which is going to give the Utah Jazz transition opportunities. So it's a gamble. If you get stops, you can get buckets on the other end, set your defense again, get another stop, off you go. But you're also running a high probability of if you don't get a stop, it can snowball the other way very quickly because you're probably not scoring when you're having to play in the half court with that group. And then that's going to give run out opportunities to Utah. They score. You're once again going up against their full defense already set up. It's a problem. And so it is a gamble. You are gambling that that group can get stops. And tonight they, they didn't get enough of them. They did run one nice set where it turned into a Troy Brown Jr. corner three. And it looked really good. It was right after on the live stream I was talking about that problem with the group that was on the floor and they pull off this excellent set gets Troy Brown Jr. The open look. And I went, okay, great. You know, maybe this is what they're going to continue to do, but it, it caught up with them uh, eventually. Let's see what else we got here. We do. We'll do a few more. We do need to get into the master lock of the night as well. That one's always fun. Especially after a night like this, which was certainly frustrating. So here is a trade, Pat, Nunn, and Jones for Pirtle and two open spots. So Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, Damian Jones. Now you're going to have to add draft compensation into that. And there's a problem where Jakob Pirtle is probably not going to sign an extension because his extension is not going to be equal. In fact, Keith Smith, did a, uh, my buddy, did a nice piece over on Track about this. The amount he could get in an extension right now is far enough below what he's going to get on the free agent market that he's probably not going to extend. So if you trade for Yaka Pertle, like Miles Turner, you can probably work out an extension with. If you're going to go do a trade for Miles Turner, 
uh, he already talked about it in the, the podcast with Woj. He understands that as an expiring contract, teams are not going to want to give up assets for a player that's going to walk away in the summer. And so I think for Miles Turner, you he's making enough right now to where you can probably do an extension and be in the ballpark of what he wants anyway. And then you don't run the risk of losing him in free agency next summer. Jakob Pertl will probably wind up um, not taking an extension, even if it's offered. And so that's a gamble for the Lakers. If you're going to go give up assets, if we're talking first-round picks, you're going to get Jakob Pertl, who's a good player. I don't, I don't dislike him as a target. I like him as a target. But you have to be pretty convinced that he's not going anywhere because if he hits free agency and you lose him, then you just gave up those assets and you rented half a season of Pirtle or whatever it winds up being. And so that's the challenge, right? Miles Turner, you might be able to do an extension right now and just get it done. And then you don't have to worry about next summer. You're good. Pirtle, he might say, yeah, I'll sign with you guys next summer, but you're still running that risk that your assets could just walk out the door because he'll hit free agency. So just something to keep in mind. I'm not saying you don't do it. And if his representatives are saying, hey, we're good, we want to stay here long-term, you probably do it. You probably don't let that deter you. But just there, there's maybe a little bit more risk there with Pirtle than there would be with a guy like Turner, who you can probably get an extension done with. Uh, don't, don't mention LeBron in the good games. Bron was horrible on both ends. Don't mention LeBron in the good games. Why don't mention him? Yeah, he wasn't good in this game, but he was good in uh, in some previous games. He's played well overall as a Laker. He's had two bad games in a row. But again, he's been sick, been hurt. Like there's there's some context here that matters, and part of that could be could just be he had a bad game. Right, I'm seeing some people in the chat mentioning trade LeBron. Well, look, even if the Lakers decided, even if LeBron went to the Lakers and said, hey, trade me, you can't. They're not, they not allowed to trade LeBron James this season because of how late he signed his extension. He cannot be traded this season, period. Even if LeBron wants to be traded, even if the Lakers want to trade him, which they don't, and he doesn't, but they can't trade him. And saying trade LeBron at this point is way too reactionary to couple of bad games. Hugh Spades, how is it all on LBJ when AD only had two second half points? So part of that, though, I think was on the Lakers for not getting Anthony Davis more involved in the offense in the second half. But yes, part of that is also on AD. He needs to go and get the ball. He needs to be more active on the glass and score. But yeah, two points in the second half against this team. This was the game where you needed 30 plus from AD and you didn't get it. And again, part of that's on the Lakers. For not scheming that in. That was a miss, I believe, on their part. But part of that also has to be on AD. Part of that's got to be on AD, especially when you needed so much help on the boards. AD wasn't able to do it. He's kind of on his own right now, trying to do it. And again, maybe that's an argument for why you need another big. All right. Let's get in to the Master Lock of the Night. Here we go. Master Lock of the Night. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So chat, I managed to catch up. So let me know what you would put in the master lock from this game. What was it that you were most frustrated with? What did you find annoying from this game? And you would put in our good friend, Chris, the masterpiece masters finishing hold the master lock. Oh, I'm seeing a lot of people saying put LeBron in the master lock. Oh boy. A lot of comments now saying put LeBron in the master lock. He's sick. We're going to put him in the master lock, even though he's sick. LeBron's defense. That's fair. Oh, somebody said master lock Damian Jones. He barely even played. Or is that the point? Because he's not getting on the floor, he needs to be put in the master lock. I'll tell you, the the player, see, I still want to give LeBron a pass because of the illness, because I think that's like if LeBron was if LeBron was 100 percent healthy and LeBron was, you know, he's not sick, he's not hurt anything, then I could say, well, LeBron looks like he's not really putting in the effort. But I understand that. He's not feeling great. So I think that matters. Um, my master lock's going go to gonna go to Kelly Olenek. I don't know. The guy just drives me crazy. And I, like it's not even all his fault, but he throws the elbow at LeBron on the drive. He's complaining about calls. Kelly Olenek was annoying in, in this one. And so I'm going to give him my master lock. And again, LeBron's play was master lock worthy. But because of the sickness, I'm going to grant him a, a reprieve on that. <laughs> so master lock Sean for being late to playback. Sean is also sick. If you were on playback and you listen to Sean, you could hear how congested he is. He is not feeling great. Maybe he's got what, what LeBron wants, but he gutted out all the way through our uh, our playback show. That's why he was not able to come over onto, onto this one. He is, he is not, not feeling well. But he made it through the whole game doing the, the play-by-play, or most of it anyway. He did come in a little bit late. <laughs> people say master lock sickness, yeah. Uh, some people saying, oh, Kobe would never do, do something like that. Look, Kobe would never shoot an air ball. Look, a couple of Kobe, like Kobe airballed shots early in his career. Kobe airballed shots later in his career too. Like it happens. It happens. I don't know why we're so obsessed with comparing LeBron to Kobe. They're very different players, but for whatever reason, we tend to just get stuck doing that. Oh, yep. Comment says, Master Lock LeBron. Master Lock Sean for infecting LeBron. Maybe it is because of Sean. (laughs) All right. We'll do one more. LeBron was pretty bad against the Nuggets the first time and against the Wolves. I've, I'd argue he'd only had a couple of good games this year. Well, I'm hoping there's some better days ahead for LeBron. Again, he's got a long history of being really good, and I'm hoping that he can get back and going again. I don't recall how he played against the Nuggets off the top of my head, 
Uh, I know that these last two games though have not been good for him. But again, he's been he's been sick, which is not good. All right, everybody. Appreciate you all for joining me here tonight on the Lakers Nation podcast. Thank you, everybody who came in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. Make sure that you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We'll be back at it on Sunday when the Lakers take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's going to be a tough one. The Cavs rested Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland tonight. Still picked up a win. Those guys are probably going to be ready to go come Sunday when they take on L.A. So that's going to be a tough one, but we'll be here with you for that battle. We'll see if the Lakers can get it done against the Cavs on Sunday. Till then, everybody. See ya and stay safe.